game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. McDavid brings it in on the right wing. We'll go in behind the net now on the left side to Nugent Hopkins. Down low to McDavid. He'll take it towards the net. Over to the right. He's going to walk out to Nugent Hopkins. In front. Dreisaitl scores! Leon Dreisaitl tapped it home. Power play goal. And the Oilers are up 4-3. It is a Saturday stunner. A miracle at Madison Square. A rally over the Rangers. Rob Brown stopped me before I alliterate again. The Oilers get four goals in the third period to beat the New York Rangers 4-3. The Rangers up 3-0 after two. The Oilers looking like they were in trouble. Well, they were in trouble. They didn't just look like it. They were in trouble, <laughs> close to losing their third straight game, but they pull it out. Uh, an entertaining game, a game in which the Oilers did a lot of things well, a, a game in which they still had some problem areas, but they do get a much-needed victory to improve to 11-10 and 10 on the season. Thanks a lot for joining us. Two minutes after two, along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Well, I mean, we'll start with the positive. And look, I think we even got to roll in the third period against the New York Islanders. Mm-hmm. Uh, down 3 nothing after two in both games. Uh, they didn't go away. Ton of pressure, ton of shots. Uh, the other night against the Islanders couldn't score. Uh, they got one here uh, about five minutes into the third period, and, and away they went. They just kept coming. Well, we, we've seen that time and time again. If you look around the National Hockey League, when a team pressures and, and starts putting things forward, if they get rewarded for it, they're back in a hockey game. And in the Island, the Oilers didn't get... The, the one break they needed. They didn't get the bounce. The goaltending was phenomenal in that game. Tonight they got the bounce in the break and <clears throat> they took advantage of it. And this is a team that we've said all year long has the ability to win games and outscore mistakes because they have the top two players in the league. Well, tonight other players stepped up for the Edmonton Oilers and they were able to capitalize. And it was a game that there, there's games where you lose and you think, you know what, there's a couple plays in that game that if it would have went our way, maybe the result is different. And in this game tonight, there were plays in the second period. The Oilers weren't horrible in this game. They just weren't capitalizing on their chances. And when the puck finally found the back of the net, uh, a New York team that has not have had the season they had hoped, they started to panic a bit. And the Oilers sensed that and kept going forward. So to me, it was, a, it was an important win for them, a big win. And I think the importance of the win was the fact that they did it on the back of their role players. I know that Leon scored the game-winning goal, but this is a game that uh, their role players got them back in it and set the star players up with a power play late in the hockey game to be the heroes. But the McLeods, the Holloways, Bouchards, Pugliarvis, those are the players that really stepped forward tonight and gave this Oilers a chance to come away with two points. Well, Dylan Holloway gets his first NHL goal, so a huge moment for him. Great shot, short side post and in on one of, if not the best mm-hmm. goaltenders in the National Hockey League. And they showed a, a good highlight package there of the Oilers' three goals that they'd, they'd pulled off to tie it before Leon scored. They showed a little montage on the TV, and, and we noted watching it, 
First goal by Bouchard, Holloway in front of the net. Mm -hmm. Second goal by Bouchard, Holloway in front of the net, and then he gets the third goal. Well, it's funny. You and I talked after the game how noticeable Holloway was in this hockey game. I just went and checked the stats. He only played eight minutes. So that's a guy that was noticeable in, in you know, less than double-digit minutes in this hockey game. To me, I think he earns himself a spot further up in the lineup, and he might get it anyways if we didn't see Fogel finish the game in this one. But Holloway, snake-bitten and very unfortunate in the first part of the season. He, he made mistakes, as all players do, but every time he made a mistake... He, the goalie didn't bail him out. And he found himself sitting for entire periods um, to the point where people were calling in, say, should he be in the minors? And rightfully so. You don't want him wasting time sitting on the bench. But tonight he got some ice time in the third period, and he was a difference maker. The one thing that he has, and we've talked about ever since the, he became part of the Oilers organization, is his speed. And that was on display on the goalie scored. And great hands. First thing you did is you looked at me, is that great shot or was that on the goalie? And I, t I said, that's great shot. If you can pick that spot, there's always spots you, the goalie can't cover because the net's wider than the goalie. If you can pick it, it's a great shot, and he put Poston in. Wonderful shot for Holloway. Uh, great effort by him and his teammates. And the Oilers playing right home just becomes a little bit more fun. Dylan Holloway, our fourth star of the game for Jandell Holmes, Alberta's premier modular home retail. The three stars picked uh, in the arena. Bouchard gets the first star. Drysettle the second star. And Ryan Lindgren, the third star. Bouchard gets two goals, finally. Uh, all year without scoring. And then in game 21, he scores twice in 252. It's funny how it... How it changes quickly for a player that uh, you know three four games ago it was shin pad shin pad shin pad block shot miss shot tonight he just he, the best he didn't think on either one and i think what was happening with bouchard he was thinking the puck was coming him he was taking that moment of hesitation okay should i shoot or should i pass and that hesitation forced him to make bad passes and or hit a, sh uh, a shin pad as the player now adjusted into a passing and shooting lane. Both his goals tonight, he was on and off his stick. And that's what we saw with Bouchard last year when he first came up the year before is he, he was smart enough to know how to go east-west quickly to put himself in a better shooting lane. If someone's coming out, little head fake or little shoulder fake, move one way or the other, and now you're shooting lane and he got it away quickly. Uh, he started hesitating this year. And I think the expectations on him I think we're high and I think that affects him especially when it doesn't go in early and tonight it was it was just simple but especially the second goal I mean he's he's half diving through the air as he's shooting that that's one where it was just raw talent put the puck on net and any shot from the point you do need a little bit of uh, a break or a bounce it's got to find its way through but when you have a heavy shot as Bouchard does, they seem to find their way through more often. All right, so Bouchard getting those shots through is our quick change for Jiffy Lube, keeping you moving to and from the game. Visit your local Jiffy Lube today. Bouchard, two goals, four shots on goal, two blocked, and uh, two wide. Mo a lot of games, those numbers have been flipped around this year. He might have two on net, but <laughs> four or five would be uh, blocked or wide. So uh, he's able to hit the score sheet. We mentioned the Holloway goal. And then the Oilers get a late power play, and this is a, a new rule this year. You can't pull an opposing player's hill it off now I have seen some in games this year where I thought oh I don't More know about that one but uh, I mean and, and the Rangers looked exhausted in the third period and, and to, I, I'm wondering what you think I mean to me that's a bit of a tired play by I mean the oil the, the Rangers look tired in their defensive zone mm -hmm. but that's Lafreniere you know 200 feet from his own net wrapping a guy up and not letting him go and the helmet pops off of fatigue and frustration I think both of those came into play on that one and 
I, I, the reason they had to put the pulling the helmet off is because they added the rule that if your helmet goes off, <laughs> you got to go to the bench. So now you're in the offensive end, flick the guy's helmet off that you're playing against. Now all of a sudden you have a five on four. And so the referees and while well, the league put in the rule that if you pull a guy's off intentionally, it's a, it's a penalty. Well, on this one, if it wasn't pulling the helmet off, it was roughing or interference. Is Lafernier put uh, Barry in a headlock and the helmet popped off. Easy call, but a dumb penalty. Like, that's just a dumb penalty. You're in the offensive. He was, his body was touching the boards as far away as his own goal as you could possibly get when he took that penalty in a game that there's two minutes to go and the other team just scored three straight goals to tie it up. Terrible penalty, cost his team one point, possibly two, but it got the Oilers on the power play. And the Oilers' power play wasn't good in this game. The Rangers had done a really good job. And this one, with the game on the line, they came through. And if you're the Rangers, you're thinking, okay, we did everything possible right on that play. Kept McDavid from shooting. Puckles to Nugent Hopkins. We forced, he's in the slot, but we forced him to pass the puck. Didn't give him a shooting lane. And dry settle. The guy, I took his stick, coach. I took his stick. He couldn't shoot the puck, but Drysdale's dry strength pushed the puck towards. He didn't shoot it. He directed the puck towards a wide open net. So great play by Drysdale, but you just can't give the Oilers power plays like that with the game on the line. They're too skilled. They're going to make you pay. All right, so the Oilers win it 4-3 over the New York Rangers. They are now 11-10 on the season, 6-4 on the road. The Rangers' record drops to 10-8-4. Uh, and like Edmonton, they don't have a great uh, home record this season. They're now 4-4-3 on home ice. Back to Madison Square Garden. Here's Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft. I thought our team played a heck of a hockey game. Um, you know, it sounds weird. We were down 3 nothing, but I thought we played a really good second period. There were a couple goals. Um, again, there were some individual mistakes that we made on our goals against, but I thought we controlled the bulk of the play. And in between the second and third period, all we talked about was, you know, uh, making sure our heads were up, uh, that our shoulders were back, and that we had the necessary people to get the job done, just like what we talked about yesterday. And uh, our team and went out and... You know, we got some secondary scoring, which was nice for us. Um, but the belief was there because we felt we were playing the game the right way. Okay, it's no secret this team relies on, you know, a handful of guys to, to do a lot of the heavy lifting. But when other guys kind of chip in, what does that do for the for the team? And how does it help? Well, what I think it does is um, it makes us a deeper deeper team, a harder team to check. Um, you know, the, Evan Bouchard's had uh, a ton of chances this year. It hasn't gone his way, but the goals that went in today were um, you know they were shooters goals and uh, for him to get rewarded I was happy for him um, you know I think for for us you don't realize how much offense comes off his stick whether it's a good first pass or a, a shot from the blue line and he'd been having a tough go with getting shots blocked but he found a way to get him on net in that third period and we don't win the game without uh, his effort and um, you know, for Dylan Holloway to get his first goal, I thought that was excellent. I also thought he was a major factor on the Bouchard, the first two goals that Bouchard scored. Uh, so Bouchard uh, shoots those pucks, but Dylan Holloway's going to a hard area and, and going through the goaltender's eyes, uh, which I thought was excellent. Uh, one thing I wanted to ask you about when it comes to Dylan Holloway is the conversations he's having with Leon Dreisaitl routinely at practice and just the kind of knowledge and the the really the resource he has in a guy like Leon Dreisaitl. Yeah, well, I would say that uh, those conversations 
conversations are invaluable. I also think uh, when there's peer-to-peer -peer accountability, that goes a long way. Um, you know, the coaching, coaches and uh, the head coach can walk in and we can talk about stuff, but the players that take care of the so-called meeting after the meeting, I think uh, for younger guys to learn from people of that character and uh, that quality of player, it's, it's invaluable. What did you make of uh, the two reviews? Uh, first, to, you know, to do them and then to have them both go your way. Yeah, we were. We thought we were in the right. Um, we have two video coaches this year, so we have obviously Jeremy Capel and Noah Siegel. Uh, they're in the room and and they get to see it from a detached, unemotional um, office, and uh, they relay what they think. And and then in the end, we make the call on the bench. But we were, you know, we were positive that neither one of those was a, a fair goal and um, in the end we were proved right. Jerry, are you, are you a believer in a win like this can springboard a team? Um, sure yeah I am yeah I thought uh, I thought what we displayed there was character and um, you know something we've been searching for here over the last little while has been consistency and sometimes uh, you find consistency um, from an effort like this I thought our effort tonight was consistent as I said we were down three nothing but we we were very comfortable in that game we thought we took over the game in the second period we made a couple plays we'd like to have back um, but we're searching for consistency so we're gonna have to dig into that reservoir again come Monday night we're about to play a lot of games in a short period of time here um, but as I said yesterday I believe that we have the people in the room necessary to get through any type of sticky circumstance and um, you know today we were, were able to come out on top as a flip side though to that question Leon did try side was talking about how, how exhausting it is to kind of have to fight from behind all the yep. time. Do you sense that in your group? And But ultimately, you got it done tonight, but it's something that you're, you're going to have to. Yeah. yeah I, uh, hey, I, I want to score the first goal in the game. It does not happen every time. Uh, today, we found ourselves down early in the game off an individual error. Do I like that? I prefer not to start like that. Um, but it's a game of hockey, and you don't get to pick how it's scripted every game. And and what I thought was, no matter what happened off that first period or even those couple of occasions in the second, our guys found a way to win. And I think that's invaluable. I think it speaks to the character and leadership of the people that we have in the room. And um, I'm happy for them because now we'll get to get on a flight, get back to Edmonton at a reasonable hour, have a good practice tomorrow, and get ready for the Florida Panthers on Monday. What do you think of Broberg after that uh, first shift? I thought Broberg uh, played, you know, he did some good things for us. Tonight. He, you know, his legs are his best weapon. Um, you know, he plays tight. Uh, he doesn't just sag back into the zone. And, you know, it was a tough start for him, but it is the NHL. It's the best league in the world, and sometimes young players learn hard lessons. He's playing Connor together for the first time this season. What, yeah. what into that, and was it just a way for you maybe to kickstart the offense? Well, we were 3-7 and seven in the last 10, and uh, just something to jumpstart us. And, you know, the I 
ironic side effect of it was that we we the ironic side effect of it was that we we got secondary scoring from people we hadn't seen yet uh, on on the goal sheet and um, you know that's just the way it works sometimes. Good thanks. Thank you. Okay, Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft after a dramatic 4-3 win over the New York Rangers this afternoon mentioned Philip Broberg called up makes his season debut plays 10 minutes and 22 seconds uh, tough play on the Rangers first goal of the game lost his position and Lafreniere tapped it in but uh, decent after that he plays 10 minutes 22 seconds so that is under for River Cree Resort and Casino excitement bet on it Wendy took the under, which was 14 minutes, so she gets the $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. Well, Rob, yeah, I mean, a great comeback. Um, you know, you hope it spring, springs boards the Oilers a little bit. Jay mentioned we're, we're still searching for consistency. Um, and again, you know, some some similar problems we've seen throughout the season did, did pop up today. It's often, you know, an early goal against, early penalty against, uh, early uh, goal against today, 220 in. Took the first penalty, uh, needless penalty by by Yanmark, and then um, you talk a lot about dealing with adversity in sports. Well, sometimes you get to deal with success too. Like the Oilers get the goalie interference call mm -hmm. to stay down one nothing. Oh, and then less than two minutes later, they're down three nothing. Yeah, uh, when it goes to mistakes, all team make all teams make mistakes, and you only seem to notice the ones that your team makes more. But the Oilers have yet to play a team this year that didn't make a lot of mistakes as well. Uh, unfortunately for the, some of the Oilers games, it, their mistakes are big, and they don't get the save. Uh, and the Oilers tonight a couple times, I mean, th there was things that th this comeback overshadows is how they responded when good things happened for them, how they responded when they got the two good breaks with the non-goals. They came out poorly after both of those. One, they gave up a three-on-one, and the other one, they gave up two quick goals afterwards. So there are things they got to continue to work on. I, it goes back to what we talked about before the game. This league is tight. There's There are no bad teams anymore. Um, you got to take advantage of your breaks. you got to get saves. Uh, but every team makes mistakes. Every teams have good stretches of periods, have bad stretches. When you have your good stretches, you need to capitalize. When you have to, your bad stretches, you need to survive them. Yeah. And I think at times the Oilers this year have done that, and at other times they haven't. But I don't think, I know there's two or three teams this year that have had these great starts to the season. I do believe that those teams will start to slowly come back. They're going to have their down period. This is going to be a, a year where... It's going to be tight going all the way through to the playoff time. I, I just think that that's how close the league has gotten nowadays. Uh, Carolina just went up one nothing on the Flames, and, and I think that's that's what made me <laughs> feel quite pessimistic after the second period because the first 12 minutes of the second period for Edmonton was pretty good. Very good, yes. And they don't score, and then you know they give up two goals in in uh, 33 seconds a little bit later on, but they do rally. So uh, came back from three nothing down, first game of the year against Vancouver to win 5-3. And uh, this one, they do it all in the third period against the Rangers to win 4-3. Happy to hear from you on the Certainty Hotline. The pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. Certainteed Pro all the way. 780-496-0063. If you want to talk about the game. I'm curious what people thought of the successful goalie interference challenge. Rob and I will talk about that as we uh, we go along because I, w they enforce the rule, but should that be, be the rule given what happened on that play? You can chime in on that as well. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. 
Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. And it is Holloway to get it out. Here's Truba, Heedle with it. Puck comes in, goes to Holloway, left side, shoots, scores! Dylan Holloway down the left wing gets his first goal in the National Hockey League. That is Cam Moon with the call. Big one by Holloway, too. That tied at 3-3 with 9.39 left. Drysaddle won it with 2.02 to go, and the Oilers stunned the Rangers with four in the third to take it 4-3. Back to MSG. Here's Holloway. <laughs> yeah. uh, just, I mean, that must have been pretty cool. Yeah. Else aside. yeah, it's pretty special. It was a cool moment. Definitely, uh, definitely a memory and a goal that I'll uh, remember forever. So I'm just really excited about it. Picked a good time to do it, though, too. Yeah, I mean, it took me, it took me a little bit, but I'm happy to get the first one out of the way. And um, yeah, it was, it was uh, just a great all-around effort by my my line, and it was just really cool that I went in. The fact that if you tied the game with that goal, does that make it a little extra special for you? Yeah, I mean, I guess it's pretty cool, but. Um, I think it was a full team effort the whole game. Um, you know, Bush had two really nice goals, and then Leo got the game winner there, so it was pretty special. Dylan, even without the goal, was that your best game that you've played at the NHL level, you feel? Yeah, I mean, uh, I've just been trying to establish myself, um, try and fill a role, and I think uh, tonight, tonight felt pretty good. Um, obviously, uh, playing at MSG for the first time, it's a pretty special feeling, so got a little uh, adrenaline going on the game, but I thought it was a good game. I thought the third team played good, even though we didn't score in the first two periods, and it kind of just came off together there in the third. Can you talk about your team's willingness to stick with it? Uh, you know, you had a couple of calls go your way, then you guys give up two and fall down three nothing. But you guys stuck with it. Your yeah. your ability to stick with it and win this hockey game tonight. Yeah, I think it's just uh, our mentality uh, coming from our leadership group. Um, obviously, these guys have played a ton of NHL games and know uh, like what what you need to do to win. So uh, I think in the intermission, they're uh, telling us just to keep going, stay positive, that it'll come, and then it did there. So how much had you wanted to get that first one weighing on you? Yeah, I was, uh, I don't know, it was definitely in my head a little bit, but I'm really just happy to get the first one out of the way. It was a great feeling, and, um, yeah, hopefully get some more. We yeah, were talking about how important it is for other guys to contribute, as, as you did tonight, as Evan did. Yeah. How does that maybe help this group kind of maybe get out of a little bit of a, of a funk? Excuse me. Yeah, I mean, I think that's definitely huge. Obviously, we lean on our uh, big guys quite a bit, but I think whenever we can get some secondary scoring, that really helps win games. What's it like leaning on a guy like Leon Drysaddle in practice? I know you've been asking him a lot of questions after yeah. drills. Just maybe take us through that process yeah I mean anytime you got some of the best players in the world on your team it's I think it's just a great opportunity to just lean on them ask them for just advice about anything um, yeah I was talking to Leo after practice and he's been giving me great advice just about protecting the puck and kind of mentality you need to like produce at this level and uh, just to establish yourself so he's been really helpful and obviously that guy scores a lot of goals so anytime I get some advice on how to score goals he's a pretty good guy to help Dylan Holloway, big moment for him. First career goal. Oilers beat the Rangers 4-3. If they could have got that empty netter, Rob. McDavid stuck on two empty netters. Your prediction was 10 for the season. If they could have got that fifth one today, we would have turned on the Japanese Village goal light on 630Ched.com, which would have allowed you to print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village. Okay, so uh, good to hear from Holloway. Nice moment for him. Plays uh, 8-0-3 and uh, gets that big strike that tied it with 9.39 left. All right, so two coaches' challenges went the Oilers' way. The, the offside, it, it was offside, not by much, but it, but it was offside, so they were on top of that one. 
the goal interference call. So Braden Schneider takes the shot. He thought he'd scored in the third straight game. Uh, Ryan Carpenter is cutting through the crease, kind of went inside on Brober to go down low. He was not shoved into the crease and really appeared to... I feel like even saying the word knock might be <laughs> too too severe a word, but there there was contact with Jack Campbell's stick, which did drop out of his hands. Um, the Oilers successfully challenged. Jay Woodcroft said in his comments he never had a doubt. I, I was not that. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you what, the longer they looked at it, the more I thought it might go the Oilers' way because usually if, they're, if they keep looking at it, they see something yes. and then they, they keep watching. Um, you know, I read out of the rule book after the second period, so letter of the law, they probably got it right. If you're the, the rule maker of the NHL, Rob, would you make the rule so that goal counts? Yes, because I believe the goal was going in anyways. I believe that he didn't impede him from moving, as Campbell wasn't trying to move that way. I thought the puck got there at the exact same time he was being touched, so he wasn't going to be able to stop the puck anyways. Having said that, the rule, as I you read, said if he touches a guy in the crease, if the player touches a goalie in a crease, it's automatically Even no goal. Even if it's incidental, yeah. Even if it's incidental, which my question to you is, well, what if the puck, what if the puck was already past Campbell by six inches and it was just short of going into the net and he touched, does that mean it's no goal then too? Which to me would make absolutely zero sense. But so to me, I would have... I said it was it was close. I thought it was really close, but I would I would count that as a goal, and I think that should be a goal in hockey. Yeah, I, 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 like at full speed, I, I didn't see any. Now Campbell immediately turned to the goal, the ref, he had no and, stick. and, and yep. he didn't have his stick. So you know, and again, splitting hairs here, but that's what we can do because you can slow it yep. down in high def, frame by frame, if Campbell holds on to his stick there. Does, you know, are the Oilers as confident making the challenge? You know, little, like, things like that. It's... It probably plays in the ref's head as they're watching. It says, okay, well, here's his stick out here. So, obviously, he so hit him hard enough him lose to his pull stick, his right. stick, yes. Yeah. But that's a, that's a good point. If the puck is... Because you can stop it frame by frame if it's... If it's pat, I mean, here's what the, here's the, what the rule says. And there's several pages of rules for yeah. it. But given what the referee referred to, if an attacking player initiates contact with a goalkeeper, which did happen, incidental or otherwise, the ref announced it was incidental, while the goalkeeper is in his goal crease and a goal is scored, the goal will be disallowed. So... Now, then it says refer to another part of the rule book for an exception. Uh, <laughs> rebounds and loose pucks, you know, so <laughs> it's a whole bunch of different stuff. But the, the Oilers challenge it, and, and they got it right. So they, they win two challenges this afternoon, and then they win the game by a goal. So <laughs> pretty important. It, it was. Having said that, after all that's done with the disallowed goals, the Rangers had a 3 nothing lead going into the third period. Should win. So it's... The, the first goal that was disallowed was easy to call. I mean, it was very, very tight, and it, but it was offside. The second goal, even though it went against the Rangers, they scored the next two goals. So, uh, so the, the Rangers, I don't see the coaching staff fretting about, you know what, I think that call went against us. It affected us in this game. We would have won if we got it. Uh, that's not the case. They had they scored the next two goals. They're up three nothing in the third period. The two non goals became yeah. um, non entities in the hockey game. They meant nothing. Well, t speaking of turnovers, I, I mean, how many times in the third period did the Rangers just shoot the puck 
mm -hmm. to their own blue line, hoping it was going to get yep. out. Sometimes it did, but, but a lot of times the Oilers kept it in for a second chance. Okay, we're going to hear more post-game reaction. Bouchard and Dreisaitl are coming up, and uh, we're happy to hear from you. 780-496-0063. The Oilers pull it out 4-3 against the New York Rangers. You're listening to Heartland Ford, Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. And then here's Bouchard off the left wing. will get it out to Yanmark. Now into the Ranger end, across to Nugent Hopkins, and he drills Lafreniere, or make that Lindgren, and the puck in the left corner comes in front. Off of Nugent Hopkins, off his stick. Looked like he hit the post. Well, Nuge with the crunch of the game, setting off a scramble in the Rangers' end. The crunch of the game for Cougar Payton Collision, our family helping your family for 40 years and counting. Uh, Lindgren uh, shaken up on that play, and the Oilers go on to beat the Rangers 4-3. Uh, Lafreniere in the first, Kreider and Gauthier in the second, and then Bouchard, Bouchard, Holloway, and Dreisaitl in the third as the Oilers get the dramatic victory. We'll go to the Certainteed Hotline, 780-496-0063. We have Alex calling in this afternoon. Hi, Alex, go ahead. Hi there, Reed. how are you? Good. Good. Uh, well, that's why I love watching hockey. Uh, as a perfect example there uh, today. Um, just wanted to mention Holloway's first goal. <laughs> Did you see the reaction on his face? I mean, I, uh, that that was worth it right there, just to see that big smile. Uh, that was incredible. Um, I have a question for uh, Rob, then, in regards to your first goal, Rob. What do you remember, and did you have a smile that big? <laughs> I had a smile that big, and I jumped real high. I scored my first game. I scored my first shot. Actually, I ended up scoring my first two shots in my first game, uh, one on a power play and one on a breakaway. So it is right. you have dreams of playing in the NHL, but every one of your dreams have you scoring a goal as well. So a big, big moment for Holloway. I have a feeling this will be the first of many big smiles after goals for him. I think so, too. Thanks a lot, guys. Have a good one. Yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes for him. I mean, the, the, you never know. There's still a chance he could play some games in Bakersfield this season. But the, And I uh, we've said this before, and I noted it. I talked about that highlight pack they, they showed when he doesn't get a point on Bouchard's goals, but he's in front mm -hmm. of the net on both. And I, and I have noticed that for Holloway, especially for a younger player. He, he tries to get to the front of the net, with or without the puck. Yeah, I, I don't find him as a one-dimensional player. And some players that come out of junior or college and they're big offensive threats, that's really their game. And they have to learn other parts of it. They have to learn how to play defense. They have to learn neutral zone. I, I see Holloway as more of a complete player. There's still things he's going to have to learn at the National Hockey League level. But he understands the, the nuances of the game. And it wasn't just noticed by you there. Jay Woodcroft talked about it said, you know, Holloway had his first goal, but he was also part of the other goals, how he was involved getting in front of the goalie's eyes, causing havoc in front of the net. So uh, it was a nice start. I, I hope that this propels him to get more ice time at this level. Now, there's one thing that we haven't talked about. Fogel, Warren Fogel, yeah. he injured something at some point in this hockey game as you s they showed him skating up the ice and he fell down by himself and that usually means that you've you've tweaked something you've pulled something and he went down 
he never played another shift afterwards. One of the reasons that we saw Holloway get more ice time in the third period. But uh, one person's uh, discomfort turns into another person's opportunity. And Holloway got to play in the third period, and he showed well. So hopefully that'll get him a little bit more ice time in the next game because he also brings things to the table that up front the Oilers miss, especially in their bottom six. He is physical. He does go to the front of the net. Those are type of things that uh, you would love to see more of, and maybe he does get a chance now after the big goal that he scored today. All right, uh, we'll get to more phone calls in a second here, but first, two goals today finally lights the lamp. Here's defenseman Evan Bouchard. Those those two uh, in the third. Felt great to kind of uh, probably like the comeback coming, but I knew uh, kind of knew as a team that uh, goals were coming for us. We were kind of uh, had our chances, just couldn't score, and luckily enough for me, it went in. Did you sense that once you guys got one, that maybe the the ball would get rolling there? I think so. Yeah, I think like uh, like I said, we had our chances. We just kind of had to uh, bear down. Once the one went in, we kind of. Uh, you know, where everything was going in, so it was, uh, it was good for us. How vital was something like this? I mean, if you guys lose this game 3 nothing, then it gets pretty dark, and next thing you know, it's one of the most stirring comebacks of the season. Yeah, it was... Uh Good for good for the team. I think it was a good character win. Um, you know, coming back like that, I think it's uh, a game we have to remember um, and just keep building off that. And obviously, you guys completed the comeback tonight. Can you take us through the moments after the team de went down three nothing? Was there any kind of sag, or were you guys kind of vocal on the bench? Uh, I think we knew uh, we knew we had better. We knew we can uh, compete with any team, and we knew we had the uh, the offense to kind of cue a comeback, but. Um, no, I think we came in between periods. We knew what we had to do, and uh, you know, it paid off. What was kind of said in between the second and third periods, if anything? Yeah, it was some more. Uh, keep your head up, get, uh, get your heads up, and kind of keep digging, digging, and uh, when you get a chance, make sure you score on it. The secret that this team relies so much on, you know, Connor, Leon, a few other guys, of course, but uh, for for somebody like yourself and, and Dylan, obviously, to get his first NHL goal, how does that maybe kind of help this team and maybe help get them out of you guys out of the funk a little bit? Yeah, that was uh, that was great for him, but I think a uh, big thing for us is, uh, you know, we have uh, we have the players that uh, can score on the from the first to fourth line. I think uh, they start going in uh, good in for the third fourth line defenseman then I think uh, we're gonna be a hard team to beat what was that like just watching that whole sequence that led to the winning goal un unfold from your perspective on the winning goal yeah the whole sequence yeah it was uh, kind of great plays all around it's uh, they see things not many people see so I was kind of uh, looking at it firsthand and it was you know play after great play after a great play and it uh, ended up in the back of the net the second time this season you guys have come back from three nothing down it's uh, I mean you don't want to be three nothing down like the dry side was saying but at the same time like you know being able to come back from that is uh, a decent trade yeah it's definitely not something we want to uh, do too often but uh, it just shows that uh, we do have the firepower we have the team that can uh, persevere when we're down three nothing or whether it's one goal down or three goals down we have the, uh, the team for the comeback Okay, we will continue our song and dance. The Oilers had gone 119 minutes and 48 seconds without scoring. They would have had roughly about 80 shots on goal in that span, and then they get four goals in 13 minutes and 18 seconds to uh, to beat the New York well, Rangers. Well, yeah, in in the first part where they hadn't scored, there was great opportunities, and uh, between posts, crossbars, missed open nets, uh, or great goaltending, they were probably unlucky. I think we saw tonight eventually they got some breaks, they got some bounces. Uh, there's probably been 100 shots over the course of the season like Bouchard's that would hit a stick, hit a body, hit a goalie, hit a post, and not go in. 
but he gets back-to-back -back ones where it found a way through everybody and in the net. Uh, so they stayed with it. And that's the thing, if you keep putting pressure, it, it just takes that one. If it was 3 nothing and Bouchard's goal doesn't go in to make it 3-1 and the Rangers get another three or four minutes off the clock, then all of a sudden it just gets harder and harder and the more belief comes on the Rangers. But if you score one early enough, it's just now you're thinking on the Oilers bench, okay, we're one bounce one shot one power play away from being a one goal game and that's what you always want within if you get down to the last minute and a half of a game be within one because you can pull your goaltender yeah. and the Oilers did that once they got that first goal they got a little more and it's on the bench you're just talking all right push now here's a time to push they're reeling a bit they're getting tired here's the time that we have to push everything forward and when they did they were rewarded again so uh, a lot of it had to do with the fact that this is a team when they put Connor and Leon together that had a lacked a little bit of scoring depth but that depth found a way to be important in this hockey game so it was a, a big moment for the Oilers a big period and having said that we talk about momentum shifts watching the Calgary Carolina game Carolina outshot Calgary 14 to 2 and Calgary gets one chance and now it's 1-1 so if you you got to extend leads when you get your chances because the other team they're going to eventually have their push as well the Oilers push was in the third period and their push just was a little bit stronger than the Rangers could handle late in the first period flames and hurricanes the scoreboard update for Edmonton trailer looking for parts service rentals or new and used semi-trailers head to edmontontrailer.com Jack Campbell finishes with 20 saves this afternoon he bumps his record up to seven and five Oilers four Rangers three is the final we have Chris on the certainty hotline Chris you're on with Robin Reed go ahead please Hey, Reed. Hey, Rob. How you guys doing today? Good. Very good. Uh, well, man, what a, what a comeback that was. And uh, you know what? This was finally the game we've been waiting to see from the bottom six from a production standpoint. Like, it had been lacking a lot this season. And you know what? Timely plays. Like, you know, I know Dylan Holloway's only going to get credit with the one goal, but he should almost it should almost be a three-point night for him considering he was the net front guy for both of Bouchard's goals this was probably the best game of Paul Yarvey all season right now like with how noticeable he was and everything was like a purpose and was providing helping provide spark and you know what it's been uh, a fun one I got a question for you guys though and uh, let me ask you Last last year during the regular season, probably the Oilers' best comeback was against the Rangers during uh, Kevin Lowe's jersey retirement fight. If you were to compare that game with this one, which comeback do you think was was the better one or the one you probably didn't see coming? Uh, well, okay, I'll go first. I, for me, this one in terms of not seeing it coming, I, I, that one on in November, because I, 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 th I think they got it down to 4-2 before the end of the second period. I think Pugliarvi scored on that slap shot, and that game felt like it might have mm -hmm. some more goals in it, and Shuster uh, Shusterkin was not the goalie in that game. Um, so for me, this one uh, was more unlikely. I agree. I think this one was more unlikely. I, I do remember that game as well, and the Oilers were pushing. This one, the Oilers were not pushing at the end of the second period. They were reeling. They'd just given up the two quick goals from the Rangers. Rangers feeling pretty good about themselves, and Shesterkin looked really strong through 40 minutes. Yeah. And so I thought this was... Uh, 
And, and he also had the fact that this one wasn't on the back of Leon and Connor. Leon and Connor were just okay in this game. They, the reason the Oilers won the game wasn't on the backs of their star players. So there's been games where Leon and Connor have been all over the place and the puck hasn't gone in. You're like, okay, it's going to eventually go in for them. It wasn't like that. The Rangers did a good job on that line. It was other players that stepped up for the Oilers. And a big moment in this game was when Nugent Hopkins and what was the kid, Lindgren ran into each yeah. other. Lindgren is a good hockey player. He's a top four defenseman for the Rangers. He was out of the game the remainder, and all of a sudden they had to put give more ice time to other defensemen, and it was noticeable. The Rangers, when the push came, were unable to withstand it. Yeah, Lindgren had played, uh, where is he here, uh, 16.01 before he, he got out, so he probably would have wound up around 18, 19 minutes. For the Oilers, uh, Nurse played 25.57. McDavid played 25.17. Huge day in the faceoff circle for McDavid. He won 10 out of 12, a rare off day for Dreisaitl with the draws. He only won two out of eight. Uh, Dreisaitl wound up playing 24-53. Cody Ceci played a lot, 23-36. As a team, the Oilers had a slight edge in the face-off circle, 51%, but basically on the back of uh, Connor McDavid. Uh, Bouchard with the two goals, and Ryan McLeod had two assists to lead the way. I wonder, I, I've never seen it. Somebody can maybe tell me if they do it, but there's so many advanced stats now where or, you know, stats that they didn't have, you know, when you were mm -hmm. playing Rob. And, uh, like, they should track screens. How many times you were the screen in front of the net? That'd be a good leads one. to a goal. Yep. I mean, you know, if you gave assists for that, like, you know, we used to see Alex Chason probably had three to five plays mm -hmm. a year where there'd be a goal, and he was screening the goaltender. And, you know, Chris made a good point. Holloway, that's a big part of those goals. Because Shesterkin, you don't beat him if he sees it. Exactly. No, it, it <laughs> is rarely. huge. Um, I know it's a, it's a little easier to stand in front of the net now than it was 15 years ago. You don't get physically pounded like you used to. Having said that, there's still a bit of a fear factor standing in front when you got Bouchard shooting it at about 100 miles an hour and you're standing in front of the net. You don't have time to get out of the way. Uh, it's You have to have a willingness to go there. And we've seen big men, Milan Lucic, not going to find many bigger men that came and played for the Oilers. Every time a shot came from the point, he moved away from the goalie to try and find a rebound. He never stood in front. Holloway tonight twice stayed in front of the goalie's eyes. Big reason those pucks found the back of the net. Okay, the Oilers take it 4-3. You're going to hear from Leon Dreisaitl. If you want to give us a buzz, we'll fit you in. 780-496-0063. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Brought in by Panarin, cross ice to Fox, in front of the goal, off the pad of Campbell. He's trying to cover it up, he can't, it's free. Well, even though the Oilers carried the play in the third period, the Rangers had a couple chances with it tied 3-3, and Jack Campbell making a big stop there with about six minutes left to save the game for Crystal Glass. Call 310-GLASS or visit crystalglass.ca. Oilers pull it out 4-3 against the New York Rangers. Leon Dreisaitl, power play goal with 2.02 left is the winner. And, Rob, they, they have... Uh, so Bouchard's first goal now is a power play goal. They originally said it wasn't, but now they say it was right when the penalty expired. Um, so anyway, uh, two for three on the power play for Edmonton and the uh, Rangers 0 for 3 this afternoon. Nice to, for the Oilers to kill off all three power plays against. That hasn't happened often enough this season. 
No, it hasn't, and specialty teams came through for them. Their their penalty kill was perfect. Their power play scored a game-winning goal. So uh, all good for the Oilers today, feeling good about themselves on a long trip back from New York City. Well, hand it to John Shannon on the face-off show. He said Rangers' first game back after a road trip to another time zone. I mean, they were real mm -hmm. more recently in Anaheim. We know that's plagued the Oilers at times over the years as well. So John said, uh, watch out. Uh, he, he thought the Rangers might run out of gas today. And, and I mean, they really did. That's that's part of the story. They were... Uh, I mean, they were, like I said, they, they were struggling to just flip the puck out to yeah. center at times, let alone even make a couple passes to get it out. And when you're mentally, or when you're tired, it, it, the fatigue hits your brain first, more so than your legs. And there's a great example on the Holloway goal. The puck was on the stick, stick of Truba, I believe, who was by himself in his own zone, had all the time in the world. And instead of just pouncing the puck off the, away from the bench into the Oilers' zone, because there, there was changes going on. He threw the puck right up in front of his own bench during a change. And you actually said that that should have been too many men on the ice. But what it did, there was so much confusion. And because players are coming on and off, the guys that are coming on are hesitant to touch the puck right away because or get involved with the, the guy skating by you because you don't want to get that penalty. You don't want to say the ref say, okay, you became involved in the play, too many guys. All of a sudden, Holloway comes with speed and comes in and scores the goal. That's just a mental mistake from a tired hockey player in Truba who is a veteran player that should know better. Get the puck away from the bench. Get it away from the players. He didn't do that, and then Holloway comes and scores a big goal. Okay, let's go back to New York. Leon Dreisaitl. Hate to see him scores for a setting chuckle. Yeah, it's it's an amazing moment. Um, you know, for him, he, he's obviously a kid that works extremely hard at his game. He wants to get better every single day. So um, it's 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 great to see a kid like that. That you know, he's got the right mindset. He wants to get better. He wants to be here and um, get the first one out of the way uh, is is great. I think we, we we're just as excited as he is. Um, but I just told him one doesn't make a career, so he'll, he'll, have, he'll have to do it again. How big is it for this team to end this road trip like this with this strong? for a third period. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a step in the right direction, um, but we got to follow it up. We we can't we can't continue to go win one lose one win one lose one. Five hundred isn't going to get you into the playoffs, so we gotta we gotta start winning some games uh, consistently and, and do it the right way. So um, I thought that third period that we had was was a great step. You chalk one up for the video coaches too today. And Sorry? The challenges to give a little credit to some video coaches. Yeah, I mean great great job there. by them, but I mean it's just two goals that just weren't goals. End of story. <laughs> there was Leon Dreisaitl. Okay, that's Leon Dreisaitl. Uh, two goals that weren't goals. Well, that was even the funnier of the funny talk. Hey, one goal don't make a career, kid. Saying it to Holloway, that sounds exactly like something that Paul Coffey would have said to, to me when, when I my first couple of years. Hey, that big game like that doesn't make a career, kid. Go out and do it again. Uh, I, I like what Leon talked about, Dylan Holloway. Talked about how he's asking questions in practice, how he's trying to find ways to get better. Uh, that's good. A lot of young players, A, are intimidated to talk to the stars. A lot of stars throughout my career I've played with some. Some are talkative, some aren't. Uh, but there's a guy that wants to get better, and he's going to a, a, a seasoned pro like Leon saying, okay, what can I do in my game? How can I shield the puck away from guys better? And, and Leon helping him out. If Dylan Holloway is a better hockey player, Leon Drysettle's hockey team is a better hockey team.
And right now, this Oilers team in Leon said it many times. He goes, me and Connor, we've got all the awards that we need. Now we want to win a championship. So helping out the young players, try to get them better, as we saw tonight. The reason the Oilers got two points wasn't because of Leon and Connor. It was because of the Holloways, the Bouchards, the McLeods, the Pugliarvies. That's what the Oilers need to be a good hockey team. Yeah, uh, and we talk about, I, I thought, uh, I mean, Adam Fox is a, is a really good player. Very good. And he gets a lot of points. I, I thought he... He, he did a very – like, he flat-out took the puck away from McDavid a couple times today. Not a lot of guys do that. No, and it's funny. Playing against players and watching star players play against players, I always found the big physical players were easier to play against. You would absorb a couple big hits during a game, but you could beat them in other ways. Mm -hmm. And if, if, there was, if you went one-on-one -on -one six times against them, three times they would crush you, but three times you got a great A scoring chance. Going against smaller, skilled players, guys that are smarter – you know what, those are, you don't take any hits, but you don't get as many great plays because they're quicker, they're smarter, they read the plays. And I think with Adam Fox on Connor and Leon, he was reading plays, okay? He, Connor's got the puck, typically this is where he's gonna wanna go here, and he's reading the play. Now, nobody shuts Leon and Connor down completely, but you can l try to limit their chances. And that's why I f guys like Fox can have more success than others because they're smart, smart hockey players. All right, the Oilers pull it out, down 3-0 after two. Bouchard scores twice. Holloway ties it. Dreisaitl late on the power play, and it's a 4-3 win over the New York Rangers as the Oilers go to 11-10 on the season. Our next game broadcast here on 6.30, Chad, will be Monday. Face-off show at 6, game at 7.30 at Rogers Place against the Florida Panthers. And, of course, Bob Stoffer will have Oilers now from noon to 2. You can get more on the Oilers on 630Chet.com, globalnews.ca. Big thanks to Angie Quinnell, our studio producer this afternoon. Edmonton Oilers Hockey is presented by Friesen Brothers. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Have a great weekend. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. <laughs> For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.